Welcome to the Totality Living Well podcast, where we probe into the nitty gritty aspects of health, the good, the offbeat, and even the controversial things that aren't always discussed. Whether you've had a long-standing curiosity or simply want to know more about a topic, we're here to explore the solutions and answers to empower you in body, mindset, and spirit. Hey guys, Scott Michelle Williams here, healthy living consultants, certified in nutrition, fitness, and neuromuscular massage. We're parents, business owners, and understand the challenges that life can bring with keeping the elements of your own health on track while ensuring that the kids, parents, pets, and loved ones in your life are also taken care of with the resources they need for health and longevity. We're so glad you've joined us. Seeking to live a life of health for many entails acknowledging a specific need, setting a goal for improvement, and then implementing the necessary steps to reach that goal. But that's not always as easy as it sounds, is it? Especially when it comes to all of the factors pertaining to real life. If it were that simple, then the health and wellness industry wouldn't be as big as it is. Welcome everyone to our podcast today. I am Michelle Williams, along with my fabulous husband, Scott Williams, from Totality Living Well. And today we're going to be addressing the one issue that can trip us up as we aspire to reach any health goal, or really any goal, and that is energy drains. That's right. The topic needs to be discussed because as health professionals, we've seen so many people out there that really and truly want to make a change. And they come to us and they're so excited about doing that. And, you know, so many things start to get in their way and they just don't understand why they cannot get to that point. So the last time we left you with some tips on how to really get cruising on your health journey. And why don't you recap those for us? Practicing mindfulness in your life is such an important mindset on this. It's not just about your body. It's about your body, mind, and your spirit. Self-care is vital for us to take care of others. We've really, truly got to be able to take care of ourselves to begin with. And don't overcomplicate the journey. The journey can be simple. You just have to get moving. You don't need to assess every single thing that you see in a magazine or everything everybody else is doing. And that leads to, you know, this valuable insight that we want to share is how to reach those goals without the distractions and those things that can deplete our journey. So we've got a long list of sneaky little traps that can be avoided if we know what they are. And we're just going to share those with you and just go ahead and dig in. Sounds good. Okay. So the first one, I think it just goes in right with that third tip of don't overcomplicate the journey. And that's overthinking the journey. I guess just any client we've really worked with who gets kind of caught up in, you know, I'm guilty of doing this myself. Individuals who really want to control the journey ahead. And one way to kind of think that they can do that is by overthinking. And ultimately, when I started thinking about this, I started thinking about overthinking really kind of has a couple of different underlying uh, reasons. One is maybe a lack of organization. Two would be a lack of confidence or having self-doubt about the journey ahead. And then not fully having a defined goal or being fully committed to that goal. And then when I started thinking about that a little bit more, I thought about overthinking maybe 
is actually something that stems from worry or desperation to really want to accomplish that goal. So it's not really something that's counterproductive for us. And when you think about it, it's a more of a mind issue. So that effort to control the whole journey ahead by overthinking is really the one thing that makes you lose control. And it just totally self-sabotages the entire thing. So basically, just keep it simple. Right, exactly. Because people do come in with great goals. And I think that what they're looking for is they're looking for validation in that goal. They want you to validate what they're trying to achieve. Sometimes it might not be their actual goal, but they think, oh, but this is going to make me healthy and, and or this is going to make my professional that I'm working with think that I'm on the right track. Like I'm truly invested in that. Exactly. You yeah. know, and sometimes you have to take a step back and figure out, you know, realistically, it's like, how do you look at the baby steps of this goal and come back to kindergarten as opposed to running as a senior and really and truly taking the steps to go level by level to achieve those goals. I think one of the things that goes along with it, and it's not really part of the notes that we had kind of um, things that we wanted to discuss today, but also over talking about something, just talking incessantly about, I'm going to be a vegetarian. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, my new vegetarian diet. I mean, just for example. Oh, exactly. And then just that constant like talk, talk, talk. It's almost like there's a, a way to have that proper accountability but there's also a way that people try to convince themselves and they're not really realizing that they're convincing themselves. So I think that over-talking goes right in hand in hand with the overthinking. I think so too. You know, and I think what happens is people need to keep that to one or two people that can actually really help them kind of, uh, you know, just grab forward and go with that, but not talk to everybody about it because everybody just gets tired of hearing it because all they want to see is, okay, you're doing that. So what's the result? What does this look like? You know, they look at you and go, well, you're a vegetarian or you've done this, or you've done that. What was your goal truly about? And are you really achieving it? Or do you look the same as you did a month ago when I saw you? I think one of the things too, is like if someone establishes a goal and it's not for the right reasons for to accomplish something, but rather to make it an identity, that's when you see a lot of that happen. People are kind of wanting to establish something to be known for. Right, exactly, because everybody wants to be popular in the public. Everybody wants to be known for something, and sometimes that is lack of what they had as a kid as far as the you know compliments from people as a child, and they're still trying to feed that back into their lives. Yeah, and when we do start working with clients for their health journey, we really do kind of assess where they are in that whole goal-setting place in life because you know there are different phases. There's that pre-contemplation, and then there's the contemplation all the way up to action. And so when someone's finally in that action phase, they're still not overthinking. So I think that that's probably a, kind of a good sign of not being fully ready to move forward. It is truly. And that helps them really assess because sometimes they think they come in and they're like, yep, here's the money, let's go. Mm. And they think by hiring you or by having someone holding you accountable, it's going to just flip a switch and all of a sudden their goals are going to just happen magically. And really and truly, we got to step back and see why. Another big energy drainer that I see with people who do overthink is living in the past. And I know that you can speak to this just the same, where we meet with people, and let's just say middle-agers, okay? Let's just say somebody who had a great football career when they were teenagers, and they ate the house down, and they can't understand why at the age of 45, 
they're gaining all this weight. They never had that problem before. Well, are you moving the way that you moved um, when you were a teenager, you know, to warrant eating that? Uh, another thing would be uh, from a, a ladies, uh, I hear, so, well, I know exactly what to do. I'm just here for the accountability. And what I've done has worked in the past. And I, I kind of laugh to myself, well, if it worked in the past, why are we here? Because if you, you know, lost that weight before you had children and you were in your 20s and you knew what to do and you were radically going for it, and then later on you have children and you haven't lost that baby weight and it's been 15 years since you've lost that baby weight, what worked then, chances are it's not going to work now. And so we have to always be mindful in reminding ourselves and other people that what has always worked doesn't always work. I know personally, there are times in my life, I guess I found myself wanting to detoxify from childhood processed meats and things like that, where going vegetarian was a great thing for me. Ultimately, going vegan was nice for a little while. Then I had my children and mama wanted some meat. And so, you know, <laughs> that meat eating diet kind of came back and it was right for me at that time. And as a nutrition specialist coaching other people, one thing that we can say is that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to diet and to exercise, movement, that kind of thing. And you think about it, babies have a totally different requirement from a nutrition standpoint than a toddler. A toddler's got a totally different need than a teenage boy playing football. That teenage boy playing football has a totally different dietary need than someone who's going to be hitting the big 3-0, you know, for their milestone birthday. And that person's still going to be different from what a senior needs. So we all need different things at different times. And living in the past, it's a comfort to say, I, I've been there, I've accomplished, I knew what worked. But the mind needs new things. The body needs new approaches based on what our resources are, what our routines are, what the current body is, what we have. And that kind of thing. And I know you've seen that too. Exactly. You know, when I was in my teens, you know, I worked out, I played sports. When I got into my 20s, I started mountain biking. At that point in time, you go on a mountain bike ride, I'm burning 3,500 calories a day and I could eat like a house, you know, and, and realistically, it wasn't a big thing. Then I rolled into my 30s, kind of got away from that kind of conditioning, went back into the gym and started a little bit more about building muscle. And then I had to retain, you know, correct nutrition and not just caloric density to actually rebuild the body that I wanted to. And then in my forties, you know, I started looking ahead and all of a sudden all the active things that I did, my joints weren't exactly wanting to do it as much anymore. And then you have a shift in metabolism and you have to realistically figure out what is your goal right now? Because what you're doing in your forties is not what you were doing in your twenties. You, you have to have that reality check. You're not going to have what you had in your 20s, but how do you make your best 40s? Right. And a 50-year-old cannot look like their 20-year-old self. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter how many times they go, you know, to have their hair done or go under the knife or have all these aesthetic treatments. It's a different body. And it is about embracing what you have to work with in the current moment. Exactly. So, you know, I guess I would just say, to remember that today's a new day, yesterday's the past, and just don't go back, you know, just leave it in the past. Leave it in the past. You know, set your new goals for, you know, the day ahead. Right, and just make sure that you're, you just find that mindset that you're good with that, you know, and, and I think that's what people stumble with is, 
you've got to look at yourself and go, hey, I am great where I am. And I can be the best 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old that I can be out there versus some of the people you see out there that they're in your same age range. You know, one of the big things that we talk a little bit about as far as time and things that take away from, I want to talk a little bit about social media. You know, everybody wants to get on social media. Social media is, it's just such a trap out there. And realistically, you spend 10 minutes here, you spend 20 minutes there, you spend 30 minutes there. And all of a sudden you say, well, I just don't have time to go to the gym anymore. Or I don't have time to eat right. Or I don't have time to sit and read and meditate a little bit. If you look at some of those trackers out there, you can actually really tell what you're doing with each thing that you have on your phone. You can see how much time you're wasting. It's crazy. I mean, it, it becomes addictive. It does. I mean, I mean, not only to the kids, but adults too. It's I can log in just not even realizing that I'm logging in to check my feed. I don't even think that I'm doing it. I'm doing it subconsciously. And I can look down and think that maybe five or 10 minutes has gone by and it's been an hour plus. Right. And I just reading feeds. and right. I, <laughs> Exactly. Oh boy, I could have really read a good chapter in a book. <laughs> yeah, getting caught up or I could have actually got up and went for a walk and then, you know, got some sunshine. Yeah, no kidding. As I agree. Social media is a huge energy trap. And I think just checking email also can, it can be a big distraction too. Because we have so much junk email out there. If everything could filter out all the junk and you could truly just get the true emails you need each day, that would be great. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. I think just setting designated times and timelines for looking at those kinds of things is a huge help. Yeah. You know, and then beyond that, it's just like, we spend so much time doing some of that stuff. We stay up too late. Mm. We stay up too late on social media, we stay up too late in emails, we stay up too late watching TV, we stay up, some people stay up too late playing video games. And when you stay up too late, you throw off your entire next well, day. Well, especially when it's time and again, because, okay, yes, there's going to be the big ball game that comes on and that's going to run late into the night. And we want to see that. We don't want to record that. We don't want to watch what's more fun to watch live. I mean, certain things need to take place in real time. Oh, exactly. And, you know, and kids might have sports. And a lot of those times, we know from when our kids were in cross country, we didn't get home until 10 o'clock at night sometimes. I know. And it was, it was a school night. It was crazy. It was. It was. So, I mean, there are times when we have to kind of make the exception, but I do think it builds up like what you were saying. And then that really wears the body down and the mind down. It really does because you actually then to start the next day, you want to eat everything that you can because your body's deprived of what it needed for rest. So now it's going to try to replace it with calories. Yeah. It messes up that leptin and ghrelin hormone balance of when you are hungry and how full you are. And those just get really whacked out when you don't get that sleep. And then too, I have learned from multiple sources time and again at different seminars and from various educators that the time period that you can sleep between 11 PM and 3 AM are valid for regenerating the body, resetting the body. So yes, you can go to bed a little later than what you want to be. If you can stay asleep and get good quality sleep in that little window of time, you're at least doing yourself a favor. Definitely. But four hours sleep isn't quite enough for the night. Yeah, not for the norm. I mean, there's some rare individual, I guess, that can get by with that, but that's certainly not me. <laughs> me either. And, you know, and we <laughs> have taken a couple of supplements before that have helped us. You know, obviously, we recommend everybody check with their healthcare provider and professional before doing anything. But we've had great experience with melatonin and 
L-theanine, which is an amino acid, just bringing calm to the body, helping it turn off, soaking in a hot bath with lavender and Epsom salt. Yeah, a lot of relaxation type things. Turning lights out, turning lights and electronics out and just, you know, unplugging. Right. Easy, soft music, something just that relaxes you down. Right. And, you know, you were saying that it does throw off the way we eat. So that brings us to our fifth energy drainer, and that is living on a poor diet. I mean, you think about it. You're tired. You're running late for work. You haven't prepared anything for lunch or even breakfast, and you're going by the drive through First thing you're going to do is grab that fast sandwich, that biscuit, whatever, and that's not really giving you quality nutrition. So over time, your body's getting dead food. It's getting processed food, and it can't regenerate by its divine design. You know, it's one thing to grab that one meal on a quick whim, but to make that your lifestyle, that starts to add up and that starts to make you feel pretty lousy. And when I teach kids, one of the slides that I have is garbage in, garbage out. So what you take in, that's what you're going to be putting back out. And a lot of times that's really lousy energy, you know, and irritability and not being able to be on your game. So, you know, I even use that with the chefs that I teach at the college uh, for the Culinary Institute. You know, they want to know why is healthy food all that important? And I'm like, you know, let's just rewind down to the basics. And, you know, it's an energy drainer when you, you don't feel good and you're not living that quality life. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's one of those things that if you're around from different decades uh, as we were, and if you can realize the fact that why can they still sell a hamburger for the same price they did when we were kids? Or the, the ice cream sandwich that never melts on the sidewalk. <laughs> That's <laughs> we, really weird. <laughs> and we've watched the kids get fast food uh, type things around here that you look in a cup and it's still there the next day. And you're like, why is that still in a full yeah, form? It's really freaky. You know, that Twinkie test, I've, I've never taken the Twinkie test, and but you know, apparently they don't rot at all. <laughs> They're so loaded. <laughs> I remember eating Twinkies when I was a little girl. I was given one to, uh, my mom gave it to appease me before breakfast. I wonder if those Twinkies are still with me. <laughs> well, you know, basically getting good fresh enzymes. And that means the colors of the rainbow that are grown in nature. You know, your red, orange, yellow, green, blue, fruits, vegetables, and get those in when you can. Even if you do have to merge that with foods that aren't ideal, they're more of the grab and go. If you can grab, you know, that salad or even a juice, you know, that's better for you. Getting those live enzymes. Definitely. Exactly. You know, and we go into another step of life as far as things that actually drain us as well. And we start looking at relationships, you know, being out there and toxic relationships mm-hmm. and negative people. No, and, not and, in this day and age. And just, <laughs> and just the negative side of everything. You know, you look at, if you turn on the news, everybody's hating on everybody. And it's like, when do we start becoming such a society of hate? And where did the love go? You know, and so the more that you can separate yourself from those types of things, the better that you do with life, if you begin your day with more positivity. There's this book that I have been reading, and it's pretty neat. It's called Your Body Believes Every Word You Say. And this lady was really ill, and she couldn't figure out how to get well. And then she started changing the way that she thought and the way that she spoke, and her body responded. And it's a pretty cool story. I don't know who the author is, but it's a pretty good book. And it's true. It's like the words that you are around and the words that you speak, they do either make or break you. 
And, you know, and when you are around that negativity and sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes you work with someone and, you know, you see someone every day and they're just really a downer, yeah. you know, but that's where you have to kind of dig deep and control the way you respond. Exactly. And when you get yourself together, the more you are in tune with your life and the more balanced you are, the more that you will start to attract. I always tell, P, I always tell Michelle this, that when you do that, you're going to become a magnet and people magnetize towards you that are people that love you. And people magnetize who are due people that hate you. And the responses are so different. You'll get people that love you and realistically, you can't get away from them because they want more and more from you. And you get people that hate you and they'll snub you and walk away or talk bad about you. Yeah, you've kind of you know said too that like when you start that positive journey in making strides for your health or trying to establish healthier habits in your lifestyle, you get people who kind of, want to pull from you because they want a piece of that too. And, you know, you're a little bit stronger than they are. Or you've got people who are kind of, they're not so happy because it maybe makes them aware that they've got something that they should probably change or they want to change. So those are the people that kind of start hating on you. That's right. You know, you're going to get it both ways. And when we go places with Michelle, it's like, you know, when she's in balance and everything is feeling good, and that's the majority of the time, it's like we get people that just magnetize towards her in the stores that we go to, and they want interesting information, they want topics, they want tips, you know, just because we did some time on TV, they know us a little bit better, and it takes so much time out of our day sometimes, and you know, I like to push it on through, but she magnetizes people that really and truly, you know, want part of what she has, or you see people that walk by us and kind of give us a, a look of, you know, kind of like, oh, who are you? You know, so it kind of feeds both ways. Yeah. And I think having a positive attitude, you know, it makes me want to engage with people as well. So it does. There are those times that you tell me to just sit in the car while you run in and out. That's right. I tell her, I say, we only got 10 minutes. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to get this handled and I'm going to go. Okay. Because I like to say hi, bye, but I'm not one to overly engage because usually I've got a time schedule to keep. There you go. So we've got another. Energy drainer. Why don't you tell us about this one? You know, this is about saying yes to so much. That's right. You know, and realistically, it's like everybody wants to please people. So when people want your time, when they want your volunteerism, when they want your help, we all want to say yes because we want to be a pleaser. We want to be part of the solution. Right. We want to help people get through something, you know, and it's so hard that realistically you just have to stop some time and say, okay, can I really achieve this? Is this going to put me over the top? Do I really have time to do this? And you have to say no sometimes. Yeah. You have to guard your time and just remember that the opinions of others doesn't define you. And, you know, you remind me of that all the time because I, I want to say yes to people. I want to give, you know, I want to help other people. But sometimes I don't reserve what I need to for my own self. Exactly. And I remember when I first started practicing, I don't know if I'll ever master it, but I try. But I know the kids were little and a parent asked for me to volunteer for something in a classroom and it was the first time that I thought, I'm going to practice saying no. And it didn't really go over all that well. And, you know, I threw it back in her lap, I guess. And she was kind of offended, even though I was nice about it. And it's never easy. So I think that's just an ongoing thing that I'm learning to practice. But it does. 
it pulls you in so many directions and it can drain you of your energy. Oh, exactly. Because you'll get stressed out because you took on too much. Yeah. There are ways to say, you know, you know, thank you so much for thinking of me, but I just don't think that's going to work out right now. You don't have to just do a hardcore no or heck no. You know, you can right. you know, be you diplomatic. Know, yeah, diplomatic. And it's very awkward at times, even being diplomatic. It is. Definitely. I'd rather say no through text than I would face to face. So, you know, you do. You have to guard your time. And I think that leads into our next energy drainer. And that is not front loading your day with self-care in body, mindset, and spirit. Because we get so busy during the day and we can have all of these intentions. And then they fall through. And at the end of the day, you think, well, what did I even get to do for myself? And that can lead to resentment, more fatigue. You know, you think, I didn't even make any progress today. But if we can start the beginning of the day doing some sort of self-care that, and I love to start with exercise. In an ideal world, I'd be up at 5 a.m. every day, you know, doing my gym time. Sometimes that's not, you know, very conducive, especially if I have, you know, an early morning commitment of some sort. But I do like to do that. That's one of the things that I feel like it sets those feel-good hormones, those endorphins in the right direction. And I'm able to think clearly through the day. And you, you start the day with reading and meditating and saying a prayer. And you're very consistent with that. Well, I have to be because I feel like if I don't get started off on the right boat, somewhere down the road when the day gets overwhelming, I feel off. You know, I feel like... My energy isn't there. My motivation isn't there. Even just a little saddened sometimes. So realistically, it's like I need to take that time in the morning to start my day with who I'm going to be. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot to that. It could be something just as simple as reading something inspirational, taking a moment to just be grateful for something, moving your body. You don't even have to go anywhere. Just move for five minutes, stretch, anything like that. And then start the day with something healthy. Start the day with a good hydration. Something like that, it's, it's pretty pivotal in the direction that it can take you. So there you go. Those are our energy drainers. And one of the, I guess, the overlooked things that could be included in that morning routine would be making sure that you have your day planned out the night before. So yeah. I don't know if that's an evening routine or if that's a morning routine, but they kind of like... Merge together. They do. They really do. Because if for some reason you didn't get your clothes clean, you didn't prepare meals the night before, you don't have your water. I fill my water jug every night and almost every single time because I like cold water. And I don't. And I don't. I like cold water. I don't fill my water jug and I end up drinking yours. Exactly. That's what always <laughs> happens, unfortunately. But but those are the things. Those are some of the small things I put into place because I know if I do that, then the next day is going to at least start pretty well. Yeah, exactly. So I think that if we are mindful of these energy drainers and we know kind of the impact that they can have on our lives, it just helps us to be better prepared so that we can, you know, shift accordingly. And that doesn't say that we're going to live a life of perfection, but being mindful, that's huge. Yeah, and I think at least you helps you identify them maybe before they come and how you're going to handle them. Exactly. So three tips that we want to leave our listeners with today, and we really do appreciate you listening to our insights on energy draining, but we want to leave you with setting personal boundaries for yourself that you 
will and will not allow in your life. That's huge because that gives you kind of a, a an automatic roadmap to follow. And I think one of the most important ones for me is scheduling time for yourself and holding those appointments. Don't let anybody get in your way. Don't let the kids, the dog, the cat, a client, anybody take your time because that time is valuable to your balance. You don't have to say, oh, I'm getting my hair done or, oh, I'm going to take a nap or whatever that appointment time is with yourself. You can just say, I'm sorry, I already have an appointment Exactly. at that time. It can be that simple. I think the third one we want to leave you with, too, is to have a saying or an affirmation or some sort of quote that can help you get back onto task if you feel yourself thrown off during the day. Sometimes all you need is a simple reminder to just help you refocus. Elements of living a healthy lifestyle come in various forms. Sometimes we don't have all the answers we need, and sometimes we don't even know that we have a need until we have important discussions. That's the inspiration behind why and what we do with Totality Living Well and helping others live a life of true balance in body, mindset, and spirit. We love hearing your comments, questions, and feedback as you navigate your own health journey. We're grateful that you've taken this time to join us. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast through Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram by following Totality Living Well. And check out our website, totalitylivingwell.com, for other tips and customized health programs available. We'll see you next time. Remember, keep your health front and center. It's priceless. In great health, always.